Make sense of the world in five minutes economics with Eugene Toe. Hi, this is Eugene from 5-Minute Economics and today we're going to talk about the topic of why e-scooters are being banned in Singapore. Now, e-scooters have been officially banned on footpaths in Singapore starting 1st January 2020 and LTA has started to enforce this ban. Now, our first question today is why did the government ban e-scooters in the first place? Now, the reason for the ban is clearly has got to do with um, a Straits Times article published on 11 November 2019 which states that there has been 228 reported accidents involved, involving PMD since 2017 which out of these 208 reported accidents, 196 of them have resulted in injuries. Now, that has to be a clear reason why we are banning e-scooters on footpaths. Now, to really look at um, whether we, we should have banned these e-scooters in the first place is to actually examine the, the, the stakeholders of this whole e-scooter saga. Now, fun fact, do you know that the government, the Singapore government actually encouraged e-scooters as part of its active mobility campaign to encourage a car-like society? Now, um, there are a few different groups of PMD riders. The first group of PMD riders are casual riders who use uh, PMDs as an extension of the public transport system for last mile connectivity. So this can encourage them to shift towards using uh, public transport and accompanied by PMDs. And so this will be a shift away from um, a car-heavy society towards a car-like society. But of course, um, the, the biggest users of e-scooters today has to be your food delivery riders. Let's consider the case of food delivery riders. Food delivery riders use PMDs to make a living and they benefit from PMDs because PMDs have low capital requirements compared to motorbikes. Now bicycles can be used as well but they have high barriers to entries because there's a considerable level of fitness required to make a good number of trips on bicycles and taking a motorbike will require having a license which also is a high barrier to entry. Now the current demand for food delivery riders is not sustainable because demand for food delivery riders is a derived demand. Now food delivery riders are demanded for to make food delivery trips and food delivery riders are able to make the kind of income they're making because of the large number of food delivery trips being demanded for. And this demand is high because food delivery trips are being heavily subsidized by food delivery companies as they, they are engaging in predatory pricing to, com to compete for customers. But at some point when the market consolidate, they will start paying less for these food delivery trips and the quantity demanded for food deliveries will go down and there will be less demand for food delivery riders. So food delivery riders cannot expect to keep making the kind of income they're making when that happens. If you want to remember, you can remember um, when Uber was still around in Singapore, Uber and Grab was, was having significant competition. It's only a matter of time where, where some consolidation of such sort um, uh, will occur and you know how we used to get discount vouchers with Uber and Grab when they were in competition. Where has that gone now? So we have to consider that the benefits that PMD riders have as food delivery riders, they are not sustainable. So we cannot actually compute this benefit as a long-term benefit. Now pedestrians are subjected to high risk, high risk of accidents when PMD shares footpath. And um, these accidents sometimes have caused serious injury and death. So these safety considerations cannot be underestimated. We also need to consider the case of vulnerable individuals, which include young children, pregnant women, and the elderly. Now, um, such uh, parents and family members of such, such vulnerable individuals may be living in a climate of fear and be worried about walking about freely, taking strolls in their own estate, considering the possibility of being in an accident with PMDs. So in my opinion, apart from the risk of PMD-related accidents, the fear climate that PMDs have created is equally important. Okay, one extra factor to take into consideration is the high battery capacity of the PMDs and that multiple charging related accidents have caused fire breakouts which has affected people in the same block. So for this, we can actually look at this um, negative externality concept that we look at in market failure when we are looking at economics. 
Now, um, in other words, should we have directly imposed a ban on PMDs? Now, the government actually does recognize that PMDs does have benefit to some parties. That's why there's no outright ban the, at the start. I think what the government was trying to do is to use legislation to mitigate the harms and dangers associated with e-scooters while signaling to the public that a ban was in the cards if behavior does not improve. And the government has, has, has tried to impose some form of legislation like registration of e-scooters, um, allowing only certain fire safety standards to, to, to be used. And But they didn't have enough information to make a decision about the ban. That's why the legislation was wrote based on the information they had at a particular juncture. After rolling out legislation, they must have found that the incidents or accidents pertaining to PMDs did not go down substantially. That's why they decided to do a ban. Now, um, what, what, do you, what do we think here at Comics Institution Genius should have been done instead of an outright ban? Now, first of all, the government needs to make a decision. Do PMDs have significant benefits in terms of enabling a car-like society? If the answer is yes, we need to take time, we need to take money, take land space, uh, investing in routes parallel to footpaths for cyclists and PMD riders. So instead of an outright ban, we'll propose the following. Number one, restrict casual users of PMDs to park connectors because uh, we can recognize that the cost associated with accidents associated with PMDs to be really quite high, so we should reduce this risk as much as possible. Now, given that casual users use PMDs for leisure improving last mile connectivity, there's no need to take this risk until appropriate infrastructure has been put in place for the use of PMDs. Now, next, um, licensing for food delivery riders for a demerit system. Now, food delivery riders should be made to first take a safety course, which actually has really been implemented lately. Now, upon passing this safety course, they'll be issued a license the way we do for cars, but probably we should, we should do it a lot simpler and faster. Now, due to high cost and monitoring, um, required with an uh, enforcement of full fresh demerit system. The demerit system should be a simple one, a two-strike or three-strike rule. If um, PMD riders are found in breach of safety regulation through speeding, riding dangerously or using unapproved PMDs, on their third infringement, they will be permanently banned from uh, granted, uh, being granted a PMD license. Now, logic behind is simple. If food delivery riders, they value the job, they will take and exercise responsibility to ensure that they ride safely, reduce access to the best of their, their ability and follow the rules. Now, so there will be little more hazard involved here if they repeat, because if they repeatedly flop safety rules, they will no longer be able to take uh, food delivery using PMDs. Now, if it is in the country's interest to build the necessary infrastructure for a separate PMD cycling track or long term, um, then the licensing regime uh, and only allowing food delivery riders to use footpath could be an interim solution. So um, whatever we have done here so far is to actually form a de decision-making matrix, which is to identify all the different stakeholders in relation to PMDs, look at what benefits and costs are in store for them associ associated with the proliferation of PMDs in Singapore, and then make a decision from there. Now, um, thank, you, thank you for listening to us at 5 Minutes Economics. This is Eugene Ho.